It's the first time I've ever been in a in like a, a mosh pit before, and I'd like to think I adapted pretty well. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slay. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slay. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest super entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, the DC Extended Universe is not the official name of WB's movies, Mike. We're going to talk <laughs> oh, about that. Alright. Yep, Fox is doubling down on its X-Men movies. Well, they don't have much else left to double down on, too. They, so. <laughs> well, they, they, could, they could quadruple it with a Fantastic Four. No. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, you can schedule your Marvel TV shows, more Marvel TV shows in your future, mm-hmm. and more. Yeah, it's uh, another week, another week of news. Yes, we got through last week's um, after uh, missing two weeks ago, so um, I'm still living on edge. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on like pins and needles here, hoping all this works. <laughs> So, uh, what what have you been up to this weekend, Mike? You're, you're, you were, I mean, I've got to go into my, my my big homeowner story here in a bit, but I want to know what you've been up to. Oh, geez, well, I guess uh, if we if we want to keep it nerdy before we get into uh, to uh, house hunters over there, uh, I watched this uh, documentary uh, the other week called uh, Atari Game Over, which is if you're not familiar, it's a uh, it's kind of a, a documentary all about the legend of the Atari ET game that was developed that uh, supposedly <laughs> sold really, really bad. So they just took all of these cartridges. Like I, the, the, the rumor was like millions of cartridges and just buried them in the middle of the desert. Cause it was, they didn't know what to do with them. They so did. It's just, they, so they, it's, they've recently unburied a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, the, I guess uh, spoilers, but the, uh, well, it's not really spoilers cause it's news. So who knows? Um, <laughs> but the documentary is all about kind of this one guy trying to find out if those indeed are buried in the desert and it's and they also use kind of it they use it as an avenue to kind of tell the story of atari in general and then you know when when it kind of aligns with the et story they bring that back up to the front but it's really cool because yeah like you said you saw on the news that they were able to find those um et et games buried and it was because of this documentary filmmaker like he just wasn't he wasn't this just there the day that they dug it up or oh they dug it up so he put it in his documentary no he was instrumental in doing it like he was trying to find these people they were trying to figure out like oh what regulations do we need to start digging up in the middle of the desert how far down do we need to go there's like a little bit of like forensic photo evidence of trying to figure out like where exactly they were buried because they like they're like okay we know it's in this dump but we don't know where it is so they had to like oh well there was a reporter there on the day that these got buried and by the angle of her photo we know it's in this area so it was really cool really interesting it's it's not too long either it's like just over an hour so like if you just want to learn a little bit about the et atari game and atari and just get in and out it's really fun so i'd I'd check that out there's a lot of awesome nerdy documentaries out there on streaming services so if you want to learn more about kind of like the history of uh atari go check out atari game over well, it's, you should have pitched it as this. They they dug up the the ET games, and this is the documentary and how they found them. Like, I think that's a better pitch than the history of this game. <laughs> well, I I didn't I didn't make the documentary, so I don't have to worry about pitching it, Chris. <laughs> you, sh- you should you should have. You, you got to go tell them they're wrong and do it this way. No, well, that's cool. I mean, I, I've never played that game, but I definitely know I've seen screenshots of it, and it's just a bunch of squares. And yeah, it's hard to distinguish what's really going on. Yeah, well, they made a point to say, you know, the whole like mystique of these things getting buried was because it, it's apparently quote unquote the worst game ever made. But honestly, it, it's really not. Um, they kind of described it as like, oh, this got caught up in all these other things, and yeah, it wasn't the the game wasn't put together the best way, but it was made in a very, very short time frame. And, you know, it, it's like an Atari game. So even if an Atari game is, like, the worst game ever, it's probably just because it's broken, not working. Not just because, like, the whole development cycle, everybody made a bunch of bad decisions. Like, uh, I found out, like, these Atari games were basically all made by, like, one person. Not, like, one person individually, but just, like, hey, we need a new we need a new Atari, like, football game. Jerry, go make that game and come back to me in a couple weeks with that game. You know, it's not, like, a whole team. So mm-hmm. it's really cool, really interesting, and uh, that's what I've been up to. My my favorite Atari game is Pitfall, Mike. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite Atari that, game? That's a cla- I mean, 
I vaguely remember having um, an Atari growing up, but you know, very quickly the NES rolled into my life, so uh, not a whole lot of Atari under my belt. But I do remember Pitfall speaking jumping over them, jumping over them NES, alligators. Did you did you get to play friend of the show Quentin Parker's Super Nintendo <laughs> system he got? And no, not yet. But I did see him last night. He made a point to say like he's like I feel like I'm your out in the field correspondent, the guy who's willing to wait in line. He's like I waited in line for Hall H, I waited in line for this NES. I, I give him lots of props for what he did was he wasn't 100% sure how his local Target was going to be doing the SNES launch. So he happened to needed to go out to a Target kind of late in the evening. So he kind of went there in the evening and he asked the electronics department. He's like, hey, you know, what's your plan tomorrow for handing these things out? So they're like, oh, you know, you got to, you know, got to get in line early and we're going to hand out tickets. Only people with tickets can purchase one. And then when he left the Target, I think he said there was already people out there in line. So he just kind of went up to the first person in line. He said, like, hey, dude, can you, like, text me whenever kind of more people start showing up? And so he just made a, a quick friend in the line. And then uh, he got, like, a text message. I think he said maybe around, like, 4.30. And then he just, like, got up and went to Target. So, and he yeah. got one. So there you go. And I like, he said he only got his out of spite because he, he well, I guess one of his coworkers like ordered a bunch of SNES pre-orders. So technically he had the, he, he owned a bunch of SNESs and he was trying to sell them to his coworkers for like 200 to $300. <laughs> so he was just like, uh-uh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to buy one and bring it into the office so people can pay, play it for free. So... That's I smart. like uh, that's, that's, I, I like that strategy. Bringing it to the people. Thanks a lot, Quentin. Quentin, you're doing God's work out there. Let's let's not let's not forget <laughs> that you're you're doing. Well, what's funny is, I know there's a three hour difference between us. So when he's texting me, I'm and I'm like still going to work. I'm like, oh, he's up early for something. <laughs> so uh, Super Nintendo it was. On that note, I bought my first lawnmower this weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, from from hardware to hardware, right there. <laughs> yeah, so um, I I've never I, I mean I always grew up we had riding lawnmowers at my parents' house because mm-hmm. we had we had large yards. Um, so I went out and bought my first push mower because um, we don't have a very big yard, but it still needs mode. Mm-hmm. And um, got it out of the box, that was fine. Um, I'm still learning how to judge heights on how to mow the gla- grass. Uh-huh. I thought level three was enough but um it's looks like a bad haircut outside like when someone tries <laughs> to cut their own haircut uh-huh. cut their own hair because the first strip i went through way too low to the ground <laughs> so there's like the out the outer strip is just very much like someone obviously did not know what they were it's, doing it's you're like trying to mow the lawn for like a golf course you're like okay here's the here's the green and here's the rough yeah so uh it's all it's all rough looking but for the most part, there's no tall grass, I guess, that velociraptors can hide in. Um, oh, good. Thank God. It, it really isn't. It's not that tall. Like, it, it was, like, maybe six inches tall, like, at most. So, it's not horrible. We have a lot of shade. Like, the the sun doesn't get to it. So, it was, like, we have a lot of, like, low-light grass, mm-hmm. um, which, which are, like, little open, big, like, open leaf grasses. So, they don't grow very well, but... I figured, you know, it's time. You have a you have a home. You gotta get them the lawn. So well, I mean, in an attempt to make your story nerdier, what I think you should be doing is you should go out and get one of those like Roomba lawnmowers. I think they're <laughs> like a, I think I think maybe they're gas, but it would make more sense if they were like electric. So you could just have like this electric robot with like a spinning death metal blade underneath it, and just trust it to go out to your yard and mow it. Like I have I have no idea what scenarios happen if like a squirrel runs in front of it, or God forbid, like someone's dog gets loose but it would be interesting at least you might get a story out of it <laughs> yeah, it, it could if i could a afford one of those mike i probably would spend it elsewhere <laughs> and and we have a lot we have like a grade like a, a, a graded lawn so it's like all angled downhill mm-hmm. and I, I don't think it's got enough power to, to handle that, that well hill. maybe the deluxe model i don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know get a bunch but... get a bunch of normal roombas to follow it and then maybe the normal roombas can like push it up the hill it'd be like a swarm just set loose a swarm on your lawn <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what. Maybe I can get a drone with a blade. Oh, uh, yeah, drone just, have the yard. The, just spin the drone upside down. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. No, we, we have bad ideas, Mike. We should No, we should great ideas, great ideas. Uh, but but to, 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 I guess, celebrate all this and, and do that, I bought the game Cuphead for my Xbox. We were talking about this beforehand. Nice. And it's a hand-drawn animated video game, not computer-animated, hand-drawn. Beautiful. It looks like old Looney Tunes and, like, Steamboat Willie era. Mm-hmm. Um, animation and it's hard as shit so <laughs> if you get that game thinking it's going to be a breeze do not 
Like, it, yeah. it will take you forever to beat levels. Yeah, you told me it's kind of like a Microsoft exclusive, so you got to have an Xbox or a Windows machine, right? Yes, right now um, it is. Do I see it going to other ones? Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, it, but, yeah, it does kind of seem like one of those games, like whenever that contract uh, like expires in like a year or two, it would probably come to all online um, mm-hmm. consoles. But oh, with, with, with bonus levels, yeah, crossing my fingers, it'd be fun. Do you think it would be? Do you think that game would emulate? You probably can't emulate it yet, but if you could, do you think that would kind of fit well inside of an arcade cabinet? Uh, I don't know. It it, it would play well probably with a joystick because all you 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 run, you jump. And you um, dash in the air. It, mm-hmm. it needs six buttons. It would need six buttons. Okay, gotcha. So, but, um, I mean, it's beautiful. It's two-player couch co-op, so you can have a second player there. You play as Cuphead or Mugman. So, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and you, and you apparently sold your soul to the devil because you're addicted to playing dice. Oh, so, the, sounds about right. I've, I've been there. Story story is awesome. Uh, it's really fun, but it's really, it's really hard. So if you're looking for a review of... Uh, Cuphead. <laughs> uh, you can do it from like I I I'm not a professional level gamer, but I, I play pretty. You know, I'm up there in in what I, in terms of what I can do, but it's hard. It's a hard <laughs> game. So, um, I don't know how do we tie this back into the news, Mike. I don't know. Let's do it. Let's All right, se- it. segue, segue, segue. Yes, uh, that's kind of like the Roomba for your lawn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So, so we got some Warner Brothers news I want to talk to you about this week. I right. have not got your opinion on this at all. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers, um, according to Jeff Johns, will begin de-emphasizing its cinematic universe after Justice League. <sighs> weird. And, weird. And what this means is that it's going to take a Marvel approach. Like, each movie is not going to tie into the next one directly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they have been. Like, Man of Steel went directly into Batman v Superman which had to throw back into Wonder Woman, which will then go right into Justice League kind of thing. Like, they're all one big string, like, yeah. one, I guess, story. But, like, Marvel doesn't do that. Like, Ant-Man can stand alone, and then he can show up in Civil War later. So, I guess WB's like, okay, I guess that's smart. We can do this. The weird thing is, is they honestly didn't need to bring this up at all because we don't have a big enough sample size of Warner Brothers movies mm-hmm. to even notice this. I never noticed it at all. I never put any sort of trend together with these movies yet. I never thought they were kind of just like one stream of consciousness going from one movie to another. I, it, To me, it looked like they were following the Marvel formula just basically maybe a little out of order and just not as effectively. Like, yeah, I guess technically at the beginning of Wonder Woman, you do see her, like, what does she get, like, an email or a letter from Bruce it, Wayne or something it, like it, that? It's the, the one of the end scenes of um, Batman v Superman when he emails her the, the photo. Yeah. yeah, but to me, that's, like, that's such a vague way to stitch the movies together. I never thought that they were trying to kind of create one long masterpiece. So I think it kind of is a bad way it's a bad thing to kind of just bring this up into the world because everyone out there is like freaking out going like oh my god they're backtracking you know they are they're not sticking to their guns they're trying to change everything because what they have like isn't working and they're freaking out over at warner mm-hmm. brothers and to me it just seems like i already felt like they were doing this to begin with so i don't know what they think they're getting out of this um i know some i know uh, we talk a little bit about those um kind of those standalone movies that may not connect to the dceu so maybe they're trying to cushion the blow for that but to me i don't know this is just kind of like dc i figured you were doing this to begin with <laughs> yeah it might be might be the new guard uh, acknowledging the old guards issue maybe mm-hmm. since a lot of these movies were developed in that that time frame and i think what we say aquaman's the first one that's kind of not in that mindset yeah basically so maybe they're just kind of getting ready to be like hey this is this is what we want to do even yeah. though this is what everyone else is doing <laughs> yeah so to me i always felt like the next movie was always very apologizing for the previous movie mm-hmm. like batman was like oh we didn't cover the destruction and the consequences of man of steel so yeah but that obviously wasn't their plan they weren't gonna like hey let's just make a bunch of shitty movies so the next one can just apologize for the previous one <laughs> yeah no it wasn't their plan but it's always like they always felt like they were backpedaling like apologizing mm-hmm. and like oh wonder woman's like you know we apologize for not giving you wonder woman's backstory we just kind of threw her there and justice League's like well we're sorry you know um yeah we, we killed superman and so, <laughs> so now we got to deal with that. So I, I don't know. It, it always felt apologetic. So hopefully, you know, I, I look forward to this, but it, it seems kind of like, hey, this is what Marvel's doing, and we should probably imitate it a little bit more. 
Um, or at least, you know, like you said, don't acknowledge it as much going <laughs> forward. Yeah. So there's that. Also, the DC Extended Universe, the name is not something they they created internally or use internally at Warner Brothers. Um, it was actually like a joke by a reporter uh, several years ago who put it out in an article and people picked it up and ran with it. And I just always assumed that's what DC called themselves because it seems like a DC name. And I just didn't even think to look it up. But until this week, uh, they like, no... It's like when you join Warner Brothers and the DC team, they tell you like don't don't use this name internally yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, I never, I guess I've never even uh, noticed if anybody at Marvel ever technically said MCU. You know, it kind of feels like one of the. It feels like the iPhone X. Like no one at Apple calls it the iPhone X, but it's the iPhone 10. So it kind of just seems like one of those things, or it doesn't really matter who made it up. It's it's here to stick. But yeah, I just figured it was always called the DCEU because we're like, well, we can't call it the DCCU, like the MCU. So let's just add another letter in there so the acronym is just not totally bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, to me, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, they could have claimed it and be like, yeah, we're, this is this is it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Marvel's, what's their their hashtag is it's all connected kind of thing. Uh-huh. So, um, I don't know, maybe maybe they need a subtitle like that. They need a good hashtag for the DC mill. <laughs> Chris, to be honest, they just need good movies, so. Well, hashtag, <laughs> not, not as bad as the last one. Is that, is that, that what they're going to deal with? Better, better than the last one. <laughs> better than the last one, yeah. We're trending upwards over here at Warner Brothers. Get on for the ride. <laughs> Buy, we're using positive words in these hashtags yeah. now. Let's, let's buy, go with that. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeff Johns also said that there will be an unnamed side label for the standalone films that they're going to come out with. Um, so, like, right now, it's like what DC, Extended Universe, whatever they call it. And then the standalone films will live under their own, like, label. Like the Joker Origins movie, so... Yeah, um, that That just all confuses me, just because... I don't want to be patronizing to people out there that aren't really digging their feet into these superhero movies because honestly people have a lot of other stuff to worry about like some people are trying to like dig their homes out from under like hurricanes right now so people have other stuff on their minds but like I have legitimately come across people before that were just like oh yeah I heard that the Flash was going to be in the next um, Avengers movie and it's just like I cannot tell you <laughs> how wrong that is on so many levels because they thought it was just like, yeah, I, I love the Flash TV show and I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Barry and the Avengers just like, oh, my God, you are wrong on so many levels. But, like, I can't fault this person. They, they're just not into it. They just they just see superheroes on the TV. You know, they don't wait for that ending title card to tell them whether it's, like, DC or Warner Brothers or Marvel. So it's just like now Warner Brothers is going to have, like, two labels for their heroes. Like, it just baffles me. It's like Warner Brothers has had all of the DC characters under their roof and they can do whatever they want with them while Marvel like pulled a Hail Mary and just was able to take these B-list characters and C-list characters and skyrocket them to the forefront. And uh, Warner Brothers have had has had everything handed to them and they just haven't been able to make it work. So now they're like, hey, let's make these side labels so we can make these other movies work because we just can't work them in here. I don't know. It's just kind of all well, over the place for me. So, so to me, this is going to kind of be like how Marvel had their ultimate universe, their regular universe and their ultimate universe prints in comic books. Because mm-hmm. Jeff Johns comes from a comic book background. And in the DC universe, they call them Elseworlds. Uh, stories that are like alternate versions of Superman or Batman or like what something different that happened in this universe caused a new outcome. Like the steampunk Batman or uh-huh. uh, the Red Sun Superman where he landed in Russia instead of America. Like they call them Elseworlds, so they might just tag on an Elseworld story line, but... Yeah, it just seems so because I think in the comic book world, it makes sense. People are used to kind of these fractured universes, standalone stories, you know, writers just kind of flexing their muscles and just telling a story that they've wanted to tell and they don't want to have to worry about a universe. But like in the movie world, it's just kind of like people are going to get confused. They're going to be like, there's two Jokers, but then this other one is like Leonardo DiCaprio. And I don't know what the hell's going on. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. At the end of the day, Warner Brothers just wants to make a buck. So I guess if they can if they can make a buck with a side label, they'll do it. Yeah, and, and probably just helps them keep, keep it straight internally. That that <laughs> might be the, where the, all the big confusion comes from. Yeah, maybe. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, Warner Brothers. It sounds like they're trying to make changes for the positive. Whether or not that comes out 
that way or not. Who knows? But it sounds like they're they're trying to do good things. I mean, it's a it sounds like a crazy science experiment, and we don't know what's going to happen. But we're all very interested to see yeah. if it's going to explode or I don't know, turn into like a gummy worm. Yeah, some sort yeah. of weird like science experiment that makes candy. Was was that baking soda or flour? We just poured our vinegar on. I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna find out here in a minute, aren't we? <laughs> so so we can go with that upcoming Justice League, the DC movie, the remaining DC movie for like the next year. I feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. Year year plus, um, it will incorporate John Williams Superman theme in it. Apparently, yeah, um, I I heard this a little bit. Um, I heard I don't know if it was a rumor or if just somebody came up with the idea of maybe this score might be kind of reduxed a little bit for maybe an evil Superman. I don't know, but yeah. uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pull much information out of just like a theme you know yeah when john or when um joss whedon came on he brought in danny elfman as a composer mm-hmm. and danny elfman has taken it and he says it, it was from danny elfman's like it's gonna be in here but it might be at a moment where you don't know whose side superman's on kind of thing well uh, okay so I, I don't know it's just weird like you know they're trying to set up their own cinematic universe like why would you bring in the old cinematic universe theme i guess so the last time we heard it was in Superman Returns, um, but was that was that set in that original Christopher Reeves universe? So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but you know, whatever. I mean, we'll... Justice League needs what it needs what it can grab. So That's right. I'm We're... so I'm so curious how this movie is gonna play out. Like I'm, I'm gonna see it like on night one or night zero or whatever you call Thursday <laughs> nights for sure. Just I'm just so curious. It's just I don't know if it's gonna be a train wreck or just like a pleasant surprise, but. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm all on board with that. Like, I really, like, I'm excited for it. I know you're not as excited for it. I'm excited for it, but excited it might... in a di- in a, excited in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Um, everybody I said looks like they're having fun. So, um, I don't know. We, we might get another trailer this weekend with New York Comic Con. Um, may give it a more Whedon esque. Uh, a trailer so maybe we might see that so we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted next week the movie flashpoint which may reset all the stuff we just talked about <laughs> um apparently the script is done for this movie already mm-hmm. and there are front runners to direct it as always robert zemeckis always comes out on front i think they mm-hmm. really want him to do this i think he'll probably take it um mm-hmm. but phil lord and chris miller who originally had the job went to star wars got fired from star wars everyone thought they might come back to it they are are not doing it because they chose another movie. So mm. I um, hope that movie works out for them, man. I don't want them to just kind of like wash out. I like their movies. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think I think they'll be fine. Um, so, but I th- I think everyone's gonna. Cho- I think Robert Zemeckis is what everybody wants. Um, at some point, someone said Matthew Vaughn, but I think he's up for Man of Steel too. Yeah, so we than, talked about than, that. Then the Flash, but I'd like to see him play with some Flash powers and some Flash like fight scenes. That'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is kind of funny, though, like, it's like, okay, we need a Flash movie directed, let's get a director that has done a time travel movie before. It's just so funny how, like, narrow-minded Hollywood can be, like, oh, we need someone that can deal with time travel. Well, obviously, it has to be a director that has done a time travel movie before, because how on earth could anybody else comprehend making a movie with time travel? So, I do do think that's kind of funny, but, yeah, it would be cool to see Robert uh, Zemeckis uh, take up Flashpoint. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't. Who who did Looper? Is that Ryan Johnson? I think he's in the yeah. Star Wars thing. So. Yeah, that was Ryan Johnson. So he was, they were like, he's already taken by Star Wars, so we, we yeah. got to get the other guy. <laughs> Obviously, there's only two. <laughs> yeah, the, the two successful time traveling movies. They're not getting the guy who did Twelve Monkeys. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, no, 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 <laughs> not at all. So that movie's coming along. Um, hopefully, we get a release date for it. It's still Flash is still scheduled for March of next year. I don't think it's going to make it, Mike. March so, of wait, no, March of next year? It was originally scheduled for it, but when yeah, lost no, the director, no, so. no, fr- no, freaking yeah. way. <laughs> no, they ain't going to make it. But I mean, it's it's fun to think about it. Uh, hopefully, it might be the that one or the Shazam movie uh, might be the next one to go into production. Yeah, so. but isn't technically that Shazam movie like under a different studio or a different house or something? I don't even remember. No. Or that yeah, was was that I the Black know. Adam movie or something? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think, thought I think was... Black Adam is the one under the different branch. Which is confusing. It, it is, well, <laughs> they probably won't even... They'll probably all just be under one at the end of the day. They'll probably... This is way too confusing anyway. <laughs> so we'll see how that turns out. 
Ant-Man and the Wasp is filming, and we're getting it's filming the same time as Avengers Four. So, God help those people doing both of those movies. Um, we get our first look at actress Hannah John Kamen as Ghost. Uh, kind of blurry picture from a distance here. Um, Ghost is a character no- most normally known as an Iron Man villain, um, and but in this one it looks like they're taking it, and he has the ability in the comics. He has the ability to turn invisible and walk through walls, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. So he has to choose which power set his suit activates at a certain given time. So um, I, I mean, that's what the suit looks like. That's what everyone's kind of leaning towards. But I mean, do you think that they'll have that ability in here? Or just another shrinking person? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have no idea. It's hard for me to form an opinion around, uh, 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 I guess, a villain I've never heard of before. I went ahead and I googled the ghost just because, you know, the only thing I guess I can remark on is visually because we kind of got the set photo. Uh, The ghost kind of has this kind of weird ethereal kind of creepy look to the character, sometimes red eyes, kind of almost looks like wrapped in like like a cloth in Mm -hmm. in some aspects. Um, Very ghostly. Very ghostly. Yeah, (laughs) and very kind of just unsettling to look at. But from this uh, capture, this screen cap here, uh, with tons of stickers and labels all over it. It's really hard to tell what's going on. This looks a little bit more straightforward, so I don't really know if this character is going to be scary at all. Uh, I mean, I don't see a hood on, so obviously it looks like the wasp is there tussling, so I don't know what's going on in here, but this looks like it possibly could be a different interpretation of the ghost. But the the powers there do kind of mesh with, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, they get bigger, they get smaller. You know, it's all about kind of manipulating the space around them. So if you have a villain that just kind of can just negate space and go right through it, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think I think it would give us for some very interesting battles, uh, definitely for sure. Uh, my first introduction to Ghost, I believe, was the ultimate version of, of Ghost, as usual. Um, and it's essentially an uh, an Iron Man suit that Iron Man had built that someone mm. stole. Um, and it's, they, they altered it to have those different abilities to turn invisible or, or walk through walls. No, oh, that's uh, cool. I like that idea. But but if you look at Ghost, it kind of looks like that sand person from the first Hellboy movie. Mm-hmm. The guy who's like, his body's made of sand or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, it's got like a gas mask on. So uh, very creepy, very interesting. But I don't think they're going to go the creepy route with, with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Sadly. Mm-hmm. So we got that going for us. Uh, Inhumans debuted on TV last night, Mike. Or not mm-hmm. last night, Friday night. Um, the first two episodes. Um, I've actually read some reviews online. I've talked to my friend Brian Smith of Comic UI. And people kind of agree with what we, we said. Um, you know, uh, it's a lot better than people are making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're definitely uh, happy that it's leaning into the goofiness rather than like taking itself too seriously. Uh, which I, um, some people said, you know, like the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was was pretty rough. The first one of I think Arrow was pretty rough as well. So there, like a lot of people have turned a little bit up and be like, okay, we're actually excited to see where this goes now, rather than yeah, it's trash. It, it's 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 a little tinge of excitement, but almost more kind of curiosity to kind of see if they can pull it off. Like, obviously, uh, you know, we talked about this in our uh, review of the Inhumans first two episodes a few weeks back that you can go check out if you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, but I just went in with extremely low expectations, and they they met or inc- uh, exceeded them. So it, it worked out well for me. So just don't go in with high hopes, and you might have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, like, it even got, like, very modest ratings for, like, a Friday night. Um, the DVR still aren't in, um, but it's, uh, um, it's a Friday night show. Well, I mean, what do you expect? Like, it's, it's not going to be it's a lot of people sitting down. So I think a lot of people DVR or stream it. So they got that going for them. Uh, that means that season two has been teased heavily by the showrunner, sadly, um, <laughs> because that guy can't, you know, nothing he's done. We've truly enjoyed right immediately. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was his name again? Uh, Scott Buck, I believe. Scott Buck, there we go. Uh, so, um, he's teasing season two pretty heavily. A lot of people are like, oh, the show's canceled, but there's some old marketing material, like way like March era, that said, mm-hmm. see the whole series on ABC, like saying series exclusive to ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not, they're, they haven't pulled the plug on it yet, but if it does get canceled, which probably will. Uh, the announcement won't come until all the episodes air because it's going to shoot themselves in the foot. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, it, it's a very small contained season, so yeah, we're gonna have to wait until everything's up. But I don't know. I think maybe the future of this show might kind of dovetail into our our, our news next. So maybe we just lump Agents of Shield into this right now. Yeah, because as soon as Inhumans is over, apparently Shield takes its time slot on Friday night. Um, obviously put there for a reason by ABC because ABC does not want the show. Um, <laughs> but it's also going to outer space. We got our first poster uh, Fridays this winter. Shield, it confirms that the, the, the crew is going to outer space, which I think is kind of a bold move for a TV show. Um, yeah, well, it just kind of seems like um, we, we're kind of running out of things to do to, uh, I guess, just hook an audience. So it doesn't necessarily seem like a Hail Mary, but it's just like, hey, we don't even know if we're going to get another season after this, so screw it. Let's just go to space. Um, I'm curious to see if they're gonna if they're going to bring in S.W.O.R.D., this way which is kind mm-hmm. of like space shield i guess is the easiest way to explain it you know obviously there's they're in space it's got to be some sort of space station maybe or a spaceship but it would be interesting to see if it's some sort of rogue faction of shield that went up into space and never told anybody and then colson's just finding out that would be kind of crazy but yeah screw it like be like hey we're just this rogue show that apparently we're going to talk about here in a second that abc didn't even want for this season so screw it let's just take it to space well kind of has has this kind of like punk rock feel to it almost well also with infinity war arriving chill usually usually ties into the big movie in may because um, that's when it wraps up. With Infinity War hitting when the show supposedly wraps up, and them being in space might, you know, tie in very well together. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I hard can see for them me. ending the show when Infinity War hits. Yeah, maybe. It's hard for me to tell if, if any of it is intentional, though, just because the more and more I've learned about the way Marvel TV kind of communicates with Marvel the movies, it doesn't really seem to be a very amicable relationship. It, you know, I don't think... Um, Kevin Feige wants to worry about what's going on in the TV universe, and he's kind of kind of trying to concentrate on his stuff. So I think when he gets like pestered with maybe some of this TV things, he just doesn't want to deal with it. So it's hard for me to imagine like Agents of Shield kind of like teeing up the space golf ball for uh, for the Avengers: Infinity War. It just kind of seems like, hey, can we go to space, guys? Is that okay? And then um, they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you can put your show in space. That's okay. So uh, I don't know how much connection's going to be there, but uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have two space. Well, by the time May rolls around, we've had three space themed kind of themed movies for Marvel mm-hmm. and two ground level. So I mean, I, I can see them having a little bit like they know. Infin- everyone knows Infinity War is coming. Um, the movie has been shot and, and is done, so they probably have a little more information than they normally have. So I can mm-hmm. see them possibly not. Not teeing up the movie, but the end of the show coinciding with Infinity Wars kicking off. Um, yeah, maybe it's just kind of bit. like maybe it's just kind of like, hey, guess what? In in ABC's TV view, uh, humans can go to space pretty easily and kind of can do cool stuff up there. And so when the movies come along and you see some of our heroes up in space, they'll probably justify it with like Tony Stark's ridiculous amount of money and he builds like space stations all the yeah. time or something. We just never knew about it. But it'll just, I guess, make a little bit more sense. And the, when I think about it, like they did tee up um, Fury returning in um, Age of Ultron by rebuilding the helicarrier for him i guess so yeah i guess <laughs> it, was, it was it was very vague references on both ends but they were like yeah he did the helicarrier so whatever whatever works but i mean like you said it's in space and when a show goes to space they're jumping that proverbial space shark right because they're like we're out of ideas <laughs> maybe or maybe they're like like you said they're they're on their their fuckets um yeah because- well i mean because, like you said, the, uh, um, well, I guess we haven't said it yet, but yeah, the rumor was that Disney didn't made ABC renew the show. Yeah, like a lot of pressure from Disney came down for ABC to renew Shield for the fifth season. Now they didn't have a problems up to one through four, and honestly, I mean, y- you can attest to this: the fourth season was pretty good. It it, oh. it 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 turned itself around a little bit. I, I'm still not gonna put it up there in like the top, you know, whatever superhero shows ever made. But it's it's kind of coming to its own a little bit. Well, I mean, it, there's not a lot of good superhero TV shows up there. So yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd put it near the top. I mean, more so than you know. I mean, what are we what are we not watching? All the other ones. So um, I don't know. The introduction the introduction of Ghost Rider was really cool. And to see the life model decoys come to life, so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I mean, Disney was like, you know, we if Disney did this, that kind of makes me think 
they've made this executive decision. Shield will end on season five or season six with one of these big movies because we yeah. need it to do something. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, if Disney comes back in, I just wanted I just want to humble brag for a moment here. I don't know exactly where it is recorded in the echelon of our shows, but at some point I said that Disney would artificially hold up Agents of Shield and wouldn't let it get canceled preemptively just because they wanted to like lay claim to broadcast television superhero. Um, it's kind of the landscape has changed a little bit since now, but I always it always kind of felt like that Disney wouldn't let just let this uh die just quietly so uh they're getting that fifth season they're going to space so maybe they're maybe they're meant to be in space and that kind of excites me <laughs> well what, what, what's interesting um is you know now the iron fist and inhumans are out they might be like you know what shield's not really that bad of a show after all. <laughs> uh, as long as scott buck's not touching it yeah if we have if we don't let scott touch us this could be this could be a decent show but that friday night time slot's gonna be hard um gonna be hard to pull so it's probably like like I, I again I I go back and say like that Friday night's a death slot for it so uh, we'll we'll see how it, we'll see how it holds on uh, for uh-huh. season five when it comes this fall the Marvel Runaways the Hulu show that Marvel uh, TV and them are making we had our first look at some at some of the shows there was a big gallery like individual characters but we had a look first look at the evil parents here uh-huh. um, they all look kind of yeah bitchy. <laughs> They all got resting bitch faces. Yeah, definitely. I can't line up who goes with what kid, um, which which parent goes with what kid. But the um, on the right there, the um, the uh, Asian actress mm-hmm. um, is Nico Minoru's mom, Tina Minoru, who is actually that actress is not the one, but that character was portrayed in Doctor Strange. Oh, um, they got a different actress, but they look they look almost the same. So <laughs> they kept the age the same. So I think they'll probably at least you know tie that in together a little bit. Oh, so, that'd be cool. Um, they got that going for them. So here, here's the the parents uh, going on, and then we get a look here, a second look at the confused children. That's what I call them. Um, <laughs> appear to be in the same room, the same little wooden structure on the house, and they're just kind of all very shocked and confused at something. So. Yeah, isn't this show dropping towards the end of the year? I believe November 21st. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll be getting a trailer soon. Actually, it makes sense maybe New York Comic Con we'd see something. Yeah, they like to they like to bring a lot of TV to New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, the Netflix shows are filmed there, so they, they like to do that. So, um, But yeah, probably our first public trailer will, will, will land this weekend. And... Uh, first reactions are pretty hot on this one, so I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing it myself and, and seeing how it plays off. So uh, put that on your calendar uh, for for Runaways. The Gifted debuts on Monday. That's Fox's X Men TV show. Mike, uh-huh. I know I know you're anticipating more superhero <laughs> TV shows on your schedule, especially ones by Fox. Um, <laughs> they did confirm that Polaris, the character in there with, with the green hair, is the daughter of Magneto, and she has oh, to. Oh wow! To deal with that later on in the the show that's surprising i wasn't expecting such a strong correlation to uh i i would assume the movies it seems weird that eventually at some point in time the gifted would bring in a different magneto i'm not saying that they're actually going to bring in um michael fassbender into the show but you know the fact that they're referencing a magneto that's pretty impressive i kind of just figured they would just leave that to the wayside but cool yeah um so the show is about, you know, kind of like heroes. This guy who hunts mutants finds out his kids are mutants and they have to go on the run in the underground. Um, but, uh, yeah, the fact that they, they reference that, that she's, you know, the daughter of Magneto has to deal with that. But, like, the X-Men and, like, the Brotherhood are not around anymore in this universe because of hmm. some big event that happened before. And they won't give hmm. specifics on it. So it might be... Um, dark phoenix related we'll talk about that in a second but or maybe uh, this is kind of in that kind of other slotted kind of timeline of logan you know maybe okay. it's kind of in that era somewhere it's just like the, yeah it's not really in there but it is there's also the days of future past um time hop that changed everything as well so <laughs> yeah that's true they're always just like ah, oh, days of future past that's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of things going on there that a bunch of there's not enough yarn in the world to tie that that timeline <laughs> together so that uh, Brian Singer, I always forget this. He was the director of the pilot episode of The Gifted, so you get to see his um, 
touch on TV if you want to yeah. watch it. This I feel like that's usually what happens when you kind of get a big name feature director, kind of executive producing a series. Usually they kind of handle episode one. I believe Joss Whedon, uh, at least yeah. at the very least co-directed the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like J.J. Abrams directed the first episode of Lost. So, yeah, it, it, you, you probably will never see Brian Singer touch this show again, but he directed the first episode and he's going to be cashing those... Uh, those royalty checks. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see him come back to uh, this maybe because he's not on the next X Men movies. So that's yeah. Um, he'll probably go make another Beanstalk movie. Yeah, so, <laughs> another Superman Returns or something like Jack that. the Giant Slayer episode two. Oh my gosh! Um, but there are good reactions to this initial pilot episode, Mike, which surprised me. Yeah. Um, the because cool. it comes out tomorrow um, or today if you're listening to the show, uh, and I was like, oh, people are probably like, oh, it's generic, it's heroes. But they were like, you know, like they kind of sell it and the action this kind of sells it so but it's the first episode so who knows what kind of budget and with brian singer at the helm what that looks like compared to yeah. the rest of them and you but, know what if you don't like it you can just go watch legion i hear that's way better legion <laughs> no is way better what. but you gotta like 10 episodes man you gotta wait a while for that one yeah so um i might i might check out the gifted mike i might i might check it out but on my own time not on the <laughs> x-men dark phoenix um the the character uh, Psylocke Olivia Munn, the actress Olivia Munn suggests that this movie is a two parter, Mike. Um, ah. That Dark Phoenix is part one, and that I looked it up. Fox does have a release date a year out from Dark Phoenix, so having like Dark Phoenix part two a year mm-hmm. out, the same year Marvel does their uh, Avengers Infinity War. Chris, you want to know a good way to take a movie I'm not anticipated for and make me even less anticipated for it? Um, <laughs> Split it into two parts. Oh, man. I was going to say cast Kristen Stewart, but I guess not. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if they're going to split it into two parts or if like that's the whole plan. If there's like a... I don't know. I don't know. X Men. Well, Fox has never done it, and they've never done. They haven't done anything good with the main X Men franchise lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, usually, I at least what we've seen with the MCU going forward is like, yeah, they're splitting the Avengers up, but there's going to be stuff in between it. We're going to get other stories within that universe, you know, with uh, Captain Marvel kind of um, in betweening those movies. But I don't really know what's going to drop in between these two X-Men parts that, you know, are really going to maybe connect to these movies. So, I mean, I guess it's great that it's only one year apart, so you don't have to wait too long to kind of finish up the story. I think the the last Harry Potter movies did that, part one and part two. I think those were, like, exactly a year apart. So you didn't have to go wanting for too long. But, I mean, like, what are they going to do if that part one is really, really bad? Who is going to be excited for part two, you know? Well, I mean, uh, you know how we feel about Apocalypse. It's not, the, yeah. it's not a good movie. Well, the, how would you still, feel if there was a part two of Apocalypse? They're still, they're still, they're still going with it. Um, <laughs> but they do have uh, two movies in between them, in between the Dark Phoenix and then Dark Phoenix 2, I guess, if that's uh-huh. what it is. Um, I, I assume one of those is probably X-Force. Um, get the get a Deadpool 3 kind of movie in there. I've, I've almost mentally separated the Deadpool X-Force movies from this X-Men timeline just because I don't like them I don't like them washing around in the same uh, washing machine in my head I don't want them to cross-pollinate and turn my uh, shirts pink so uh, yeah dead the, uh, to me Fox has like a Deadpool universe and like a weird X-Men universe that they're trying to like unscramble so uh, that's the way I'm thinking no I like to think that as well but we also have new mutants coming out next year Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, that's our first Fox movie next year. Uh, Deadpool 2, Dark Phoenix, that Gambit movie, they keep threatening us with Mike, and, <laughs> and a couple other ones. Um, I assume one of these untitled Fox Marvel films is, might be Kingsman 3 in 2020. Uh, I mean, they've got... Fox has movies up through 2021 uh, booked. Like It's it's a mixed bag over there at Fox when it comes to their uh, comic book properties. Yeah, like, we give DC some shit, but, like... Fox is really like they just they've just been doing it longer and we just yeah. kind of got numb to it. Yeah, well Fox is kind of like that hold my beer type of friend like hey, <laughs> you think that DC movie was bad? Just hold my beer and watch this. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you want to fuck up a fan favorite as Apocalypse? Watch us do it real quick. <laughs> yeah. With with a, with an uh, award-winning um actor in the making. <laughs> But uh, so the, yeah, they say that, and then also um, the crew for Dark Phoenix is off for the winter in Toronto, and then we'll be coming back to film more. So I assume it's probably the next one. 
Or if if it's not a two-parter, they'll at least have the other one pick up really quickly afterwards. So we'll see. We'll have to see. That Venom movie, again, another th- threatened movie we keep getting threatened with, um, <laughs> is moving closer to reality. Uh, Michelle Williams is in talks to join the film in the lead role opposite Tom Hardy. Uh, Chris, to be honest, I do not have many ways to react to this news because I'm not really familiar with Michelle Williams. I looked at her IMDb and... I, I, I didn't really see many of the movies that she was in. I saw that she was in a few Christopher, Christopher Nolan joints, so it made me think, well, you got Christopher Nolan and Tom Hardy, uh, Michelle Williams. Maybe they're trying to backdoor Christopher Nolan somehow into this uh, into this Sony universe. I, it's a weird way to do it, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of what I've seen um, I remember her as like was she dating Heath Ledger when he died or something like that or they just broken up or something weird. Um, and then Shutter was she in Shutter Island? I think she I'm was in sure. yeah. The two movies I remembered her from was Shutter Island and from Inception. I don't remember her her character too too well, but I mean, I guess these are these are strong these are strong actors coming into a very mo- weird movie that we don't necessarily need right now so she, she was in i don't know i didn't know what who'd she play in inception i don't know man but i i, I swear i saw it on imdb if not i think <laughs> at the end of the day uh i don't think many people are going to be super familiar with her she has a familiar face but it's not like she's done anything uh that i have recognized yeah um i pull i, I pulled it up here just because i was like i don't remember her that she was in a movie called deception <laughs> and then the did I just get mo- them confused. <laughs> the next movie she was in after it was called Incendiary. Oh, so maybe I just like uh, you, you, crossed my eyes when I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then she was also in Oz the Great and Powerful, so she's got some Disney money in her belt. So um, yeah, I don't really, I don't know. Um, Dawson's Creek. There she at. She was in Dawson's Creek for six seasons. Mike. <laughs> That's what I right. know her from. That because we're huge fans of Dawson's Creek. All right, <laughs> but so yeah, she's in there. Um, that I don't, I don't know what to make either. Um, you know what? Do, James Vanderbeek should play Carnage. I don't know if they've cast Carnage yet, but let's get James Vanderbeek in there, and he can look, be Cletus Cassidy. He he does do a good Power Ranger. He does do a good Power <laughs> Ranger. Um, also, um, I may have an in on Venom. Um, someone I know might be working the production of it. Um. I, I can't say more than that. I don't even know how I'm supposed to say that much. But <laughs> protect uh, the source. <laughs> that's right. Um, they they are in the industry and have been on several movie sets and have given us some information. And they are excited to 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 go to Venom hopefully. And if they do, I'll be reporting back with whatever I can. So, Hell yeah! So that that's thing. Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Mike. Uh-huh. Oh no, no Star Wars cry yet. We're not we're not there yet, guys. The trailers to debut October 9th during Monday Night Football is what everyone's saying. So, all right, well, that'll be uh, uh, the weekend after New York Comic Con. So it seems like maybe, maybe they'll show it at New York Comic Con if Star Wars happens to be there. Uh, but it'll probably just be the same thing that people see. But I don't know. We're getting very, very close to the release. I don't even know if I need to see this trailer. And also, if it's debuting during Monday Night Football, it's probably only going to be a 30-second trailer. Uh, you know, they don't usually set aside, like, two minutes uh, during uh, – because t- that would be the whole commercial break, you know. So what, I think I think I might skip this one. What channel is um – Monday Night Football on. Is it ABC? <laughs> don't, don't ask me, Chris. I'm the last person to ask. Not only do I not watch football, I don't have cable. <laughs> that's that's true. I don't I don't either. I'm just trying to figure out I, if it's ABC, I could totally see them doing a whole two minute trailer. Like during uh, maybe. That. I guess, uh, yeah, if it's ABC. Because they also own um they also own uh, um ESPN. Uh, ESPN. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And I'm just kinda going back through here and looking at the old Force Awakens release date trailers. Mm-hmm. And the last, the the big, I guess that's the Chinese trailer, the TV spot. No, they didn't have a whole lot of trailers, I guess, um, going yeah, into this thing. Yeah, so. yeah. to me, this is dangerously close to a TV spot because we're getting right up on the end of the year. I, I don't need to know any more about The Last Jedi, so I think I'm going to skip this one. You're more than welcome to watch it, Chris, and just kind of give me your general vibe uh, next week. On the show, well, I guess it would be two weeks since it's going to be dropping on Monday, but I'm I'm going to avoid this one. So. Oh, there it is. Okay, so the Force Awakens the 
n- the non of because everything else that I think has been teaser trailers. Uh-huh. The official trailer dropped ten nineteen of twenty fifteen oh. for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, everything else has been teaser trailers, so I will I will vet it for you. But um, that does line up very closely with um, when The Force Awakens did drop their first trailer. All right. Well, I think I, I'm I'm to the point where like technically it's finally fall. We're starting to get close to those end of the year holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving. I feel like I got plenty to distract me until December rolls around. So yeah, and that's what you think. <laughs> People want that Star Wars battle cry, Mike. They gotta get uh, you back. We'll have to see. I mean, I gotta. It's gotta be sparing, or it's not special, you know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Well, we only get like one good Star Wars movie every two years. Um, Pacific Rim Two. This is your news. Uh, trailers to debut with New York Comic Con. So that's this weekend. This yeah, coming that, weekend. That's right. New York Comic Con is kind of a fun. Uh, weekend because San Diego Comic-Con usually debuts some big hitters. You know, usually you're getting like Warner Brothers trailers, uh, DC, uh, MCU trailers, you know. New York Comic-Con is almost kind of like time for the other the other guys to come out swinging because they don't have to worry so much about the competition. So uh, Pacific Rim 2 trailer, really looking forward to that. There A trailer dropped this week. Very straightforward, nothing really to report, but it's just kind of like John Boyega like in his kind of outfit standing in front of a Jaeger. So I'm really looking forward to this trailer. It's probably just going to be ridiculous and off the wall. I'm really looking forward to maybe some story idea when it comes to this trailer just because um, we're, we have like a whole new cast of characters. Uh, ostensibly, they kind of wrapped up the threat at the end of Pacific Rim, so I'm kind of curious how it comes back. So maybe we'll get some of that hint in uh, this. But uh, really, I'm just looking for kind of like that one sweet shot in a trailer where we have some sort of Jaeger with some sort of ridiculous weapon. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be like a uh, Jaeger like throws like a javelin at a kaiju or if it's going to be maybe some sort of like electric nunchucks. But I just need some sort of off the wall weapon in the trailer and, I, and I'm all on board. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely to me, I like the world and I want to know how the kaiju are coming back. Yeah. Um, after you know the other mech went in and blew itself up in that, I want to know more about that other world. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see more story. Um, in in you know in the the glory of the beauty of of Pacific Rim all all mixed mm-hmm. in together. So I need to revisit that first one. I need to go back and revisit. That. So it's it's so fun. Yes. Also, uh, this is not our news. Next weekend is um, Blade Runner 2049. I guess it's down here. Never mind. It's down there. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so Avatar two, not the TV show, the movie Avatar two, <laughs> uh, has started filming, and we have our first look at the young cast that will apparently be the focus this time around. Um, everyone here except the kid third from the left, the one sitting, uh-huh. will be the Navi. Will be in Navi makeup and and CG. Yeah, uh, which to me, which means this is like all pointless. Like these are young actors, so I'm not watching any sort of like cutting edge, like tween programming on like you know Disney or Freeform. So I I have no idea who any of these kids are. It seems like you don't even really need to know if the majority of them are going to be basically voice acting. Of course, they might be motion capturing, but to to us, we're only really going to be be recognizing probably the vocal performances from these kids. So basically nothing to me i just kind of like this uh i'd like to use this opportunity to to plug this hilarious snl sketch uh that happened this weekend uh ryan gosling was the guest host of snl and they did this bizarre sketch on the font papyrus and how they got away with using it on the first avatar movie it's like some sort of weird like faux movie trailer where like um where um uh Ryan Gosling plays some sort of tortured soul who just wants to get to the bottom of why they just use Papyrus for this billion dollar movie and it's just it goes along these ridiculous uh, uh, lines but it's totally hilarious it intersected me at very strange at very very specific uh uh, points in, in my personality it, it hit the graphic designer side of me hit the nerdy side of me it hit the side of me that hates papyrus it hits the other side of me that is confounded that we're getting so many more avatar movies uh it, it go go watch the sketch it's really weird it's really funny and it, and it, and it totally pays off <laughs> okay well i was going to point out the kid who's going to be the only human has a little bit of a peach fuzz mustache growing on his face <laughs> uh, so you got me at that you got me All at right. that um, yeah, they're filming it, so I guess they're really gonna happen. They can't. He can't. James Cameron can't sit there and just keep talking bad about Wonder Woman. <laughs> 
He's actually got to go out and make a movie now to prove it. So Yeah, I guess. He's got that going for him. Uh, big news for me, because I just watched the first Men in Black earlier this week. Uh-huh. Men in Black spinoff films ordered from Sony. So Yeah, surprising news. I, I was watching it. Um, are you familiar with the streaming service Voodoo? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I, a lot of my movies I, I bought, I redeemed through Vudu because they weren't on iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. And I have the Men in Black trilogy on there. So I went back and watched the first one to revisit. And then this news popped up. Um, the spinoff for Men in Black, uh, which is a spinoff, not a sequel, will be penned by Matt Holloway and Art Markham, who are known for writing the awesome movie Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. But also wrote Transformers the last night. So... <laughs> Um, two mixed emotions, all there in one sentence. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, if you go check out the IMDb for 2008's Iron Man, uh, there's a there's a quite a few credited writers on there. So, don't exactly know where the credit goes between those two guys, but uh, I don't I don't really know where you take the Men in Black uh, universe. I saw the second movie, was not happy, so I never got around to seeing the third movie. So not, not, I don't. Not as bad. <laughs> so I don't really know how precious the trilogy is to a lot of people. So I guess if you're just doing a spinoff, just go completely out of bounds and just go crazy and just go really weird ways. I just remember I like the aliens that were in the very first Men in Black movie because I just remember being kind of disturbed when I saw them. They're just kind of just these weird designs that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way, but it was kind of fun watching them. But uh, the reports is that we're not getting any of the we're not getting any uh, Will Smith's returning. We're not getting any. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones coming back. So, yeah, it's going to be a totally new cast of things. I just want that 21 Jump Street spinoff movie. It sounds like that's getting pushed away. I want that. I want that weird shit. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that weird shit. But I was thinking, like, what if this spinoff is just the S.H.I.E.L.D. movie because Agent Coulson looks like Tommy Lee Jones He's dealing with space now? This is that's all what... tied in together. Yeah, I and guess. They were like, Marvel was like, fine, you can make Venom, but you also got to make our S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. That we yeah, maybe. Make. Yeah, yeah, that was the weird, uh, weird uh, crossover rules that they decided on. Yeah, so, yeah, it's coming. I, I like I like Men in Black. Um, the second one is just like a quick, I think someone, I heard a stand-up coming, like, it's just a quick cash grab. Like, they didn't care. They just made the second one to make it real quick. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, um the uh but i really like the first one the first one's awesome i love revisiting it it's also got the guy who plays kingpin in it vincent d'onofrio mm-hmm. as the like the main villain for most of the movie so that was really cool to see mr Sh- mr mr sugar water sugar <laughs> water uh yeah so that's cool that's i'm all, i'm all right with this we'll see how it plays off blade runner 2049 here was that news i was trying to grab at earlier um they have a new uh prequel film i guess one of these short films but this one's like 15 minutes so i thought Uh that was really cool uh called blackout 2022 which talks about i think some it was what i was trying to gather from it's like some sort of nuclear war um or nuclear happening and dealing with replicants in that time i believe it's supposed to bridge the gap between the two movies yeah there's there's been a couple of them because there was one that was like 2018 or something like that the other one was with the the joker jared leto so mm. there, there's going to be a couple, there might be a couple of these, there might be another one, but what I really want to take away here is uh, Shinichiro Watanabe of Cowboy Bebop fame is the like the main guy on this short. Yeah, so, Cowboy Bebop is a legendary anime, so if, the, if uh, I want to say it's Watanabe, but I I, yeah. I but I do not know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I I butcher I butchered it straight up. Yeah, but but if that if that genius is making anything, you go out and watch it. Whether you're me or not, uh, just because I'm not too fam- I'm not very familiar with replicants and Blade Runner. I know I got to go out and watch that final cut. I believe it's the final cut that everyone no, says dir- you need to director's watch. Director's cut. I thought it was the final cut because the director's cut is that second cut, right? Because it goes theatrical director's final. Right, but the, the the director's cut was actually not done by the director. They brought in another editor who removed a bunch of stuff, like a twelve minute expository stuff, and like took oh, out God, all I the voiceovers. This is already too much. I can never. <laughs> I, I just had this conversation with someone this week, so I'm very fresh on what I should be watching before the sequel comes out this Friday. All right, uh, but it is the director's cut who was actually not the director's cut. Um, and then there was an ultimate edition release that had all the cuts on it later on. Oh God! Oh God! Okay. Which is well, anyway. I, speaking of Blade Runner, I've heard some good things out there in the world. I don't know if like review embargoes are up yet, but uh, I've heard that it it's pretty good. It's it's living up to the original. I, that doesn't say much coming from me, but I guess it looks like we don't have a uh, we don't have a um, uh, uh, a boondoggle on our hands here. 
A boondoggle. A boondoggle, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's cool. I mean, I uh, if that's good, then that makes me feel great for uh, Dennis Villeneuve's, however you say his name. Uh, yeah, Butchering names left and right over here. Villeneuve, um, I don't know. He did Arrival, <laughs> which is great. He's, he did this, which a lot of people are like, this is amazing. And then he's doing he did, he did I think he did Sicario as well, which was beautiful. So Yeah. So I'm actually probably, I wasn't going to take a chance to go watch it um, in theaters, but now I'm definitely going to go out of my way to watch this in theaters, Mike. So Cool. Uh, definitely going to try to figure out when I can fit that director's cut in my, my schedule this week. And lastly, are you familiar with the comic Deadly Class? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well I have several issues. I'm pretty sure that I've picked up like $5 trades um, mm-hmm. or whatever, but it is a comic book um, written by Rick Remender. And um, I'm pretty sure it's like a, a, a class of kids taught to be assassins or like killers. Is oh, what, okay, is what it is. I've got to pick it up. I've not I've not read it, but I know a lot of people who do read it in my comic book store. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the students enrolled at Kings Dominion High School for the Deadly Arts who become the next generation of top assassins. Oh, all right. So <laughs> currently, um, as of right now, there are five volumes, twenty six issues collected. But I think there are more, there are 30 issues in print. It's not ongoing, so it's not over. But this this book is being translated for TV, another TV series for you, by Sci-Fi, uh, which is a little cringeworthy, but <laughs> is being produced by the Russo brothers, who are handling Marvel's biggest projects right now. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, that's a big get for Sci-Fi, I guess. Um, I didn't really bat an eye when they were getting that Krypton show because I didn't care and it, it still doesn't look good. I'm not going to watch it. But the fact that they're pulling in somebody like the Russo brothers makes me think that they got the dollars and they're willing to invest to try to make Sci-Fi something a little different. Uh, they did a big rebranding this year to kind of uh, kind of push back against maybe some people not kind of calling them a science fiction network anymore. I guess they're trying to maybe not fall into the trap that the History Channel fell into or the history channel is definitely not about history anymore so uh uh, power to sci-fi hopefully they can uh make it work um obviously we love the russo brothers so i think anything they touch i'm gonna watch and they they come from a tv background so i'm gonna i'm gonna trust them and hopefully this pays off it kind of sounds like maybe this was ordered out of the out of kind of some of the kingsman craze you know you got kids becoming spies agents assassins maybe maybe that's a little bit connected yeah, well, um, I also did a little little research here. This is actually being produced by Sony Pictures Television, and Sci-Fi is just the network to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the Russos have a deal with Sony um, after they didn't mess up Spider-Man and Civil War. <laughs> uh, and I'm just kind of looking here at maybe some of the more recent Sony Pictures TV shows that are on and trying to figure out what's what's going on. But um, I, I can't. I don't recognize. Well, shows, it but. it makes sense that they would have a deal because I believe it was Sony Pictures that did um, that did make Community that Dan Harmon um, uh, sitcom and the Russo brothers directed many many episodes, some of the best ones. So it, it makes sense that they're that they're still yeah. over there at Sony. And um, they are one they are one of the backers of Preacher, which is doing really well on AMC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they might have done The Blacklist, which is one of my one of my favorite shows on as well. So yeah, uh, Sony Pictures TV does a lot of TV shows here. Um, Outlander, they were they were part of Outlander, which I think was a is that a comic book show? No, I'm thinking uh, of the other one. I believe Outlander was based on a, a novel. If I if I'm if I'm recalling the title correctly, then I'm thinking of another one. But there's yeah, so yeah, they did do Blacklist. They have a bunch of shows, Hannibal, so on and so forth. So uh, that list could go on forever. I'm not going to get into it, but so Sony Pictures and Sci-Fi doing this together with the Russo brothers, I think that's a uh, it's a perfect storm to get something good out of this that we normally probably wouldn't get from sci-fi. So, like like Krypton, which we're not excited for. Uh, that's it for our show notes for the, the day, Mike. We got our show in. We're here. We're done. We got New York Comic Con next week, and and I'm excited for that because I keep forgetting it's here. <laughs> it sneaks but, up on you, man. It, it does. It so does. There are New York Comic Con exclusive pop vinyls I have to go get this week on Thursday. <laughs> so i got to get my hands on those. But uh, if people want to know what you're up to this week or, or what's going on in your life, Mike, where can people find you at? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram. And you could read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to follow you, where can they check you out, man? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-I-N. 
You can also check out stuff on Comic UI. You can listen to my other show, Film Side Chats, or head over to YouTube and search the DNN. That's short for Destination Nation to see the videos I put out at the comic book store every week. So, Sweet. Got that going for us. If people, this is their first show, they're listening to us. They just heard our Inhumans review, and now they're listening to our regular show because <laughs> that came out. Uh, to the public, where can people find us at, Mike? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host a show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out uh, like that uh, random Ant-Man and the Wasp image that we uh, scrounged up, you can check that out on our show notes. Um, you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr, <gasps> email. You can get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can pick up Superhero Slate merch like T-shirts and mugs and stickers and stuff at SuperheroSlate.com slash Astoa. Um, if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is sh- share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we very much appreciate any sort of uh, reviews that you leave us wherever you listen to the show on iTunes. That is uh, uh, especially helpful. So, wham, bam, there you go. Another week in the can. That's right. That's right. I'm I'm good for this. I'm actually, I just realized it's the Rick and Morty season finale, Mike. I got to go get my seats <laughs> ready for that and, and check that out. So, um, I guess we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe! Speed Art Museum in Louisville at the end of the month. Speed Art Museum? There's a Speed Art Museum? In Louisville, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yep, a lot of people on speed just doing art. (laughs)